0: Welcome to another great episode of Dan on Top. I'm your host, Dan Lukowitz, And really, I have to say that I owe it all to my guests. We've been blessed to have 50 plus incredible guests. And today is no exception. With us today, we've got Larry Gennett, Senior Vice President at CBRE and Contributing Columnist at South Florida Business and Wealth, as well as Forbes magazine. Larry, how you doing?
1: I'm awesome, man. How are you
0: doing? Great. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to spend some time here on our show and provide some value to our viewers. Really appreciate it. You got it. My pleasure. So, you know, before we get into the, the, the what of what you do, I always like to talk about the who, because I really think that the individual is where it all starts. So let's jump right into that. Larry, who is Larry Gennett?
1: So it's, I'm sorry, it's pronounced Janae, but it's oh, all sorry. good. Uh, <laughs> it's all good. So, um, you know, <laughs> it's, a, it's a great question. I, I'm i someone who likes to work really, really hard. Um, I, I have a beautiful family um, and they're definitely at the top of my list. Uh, my wife, Jess, my three kids, Mikey, Eliana, and Zachary are everything to me. Um, but work is like a fourth child and <laughs> I love it a lot and i really enjoy what i do so i think i'm defined by by them by my work um the road that i've taken to get to where i'm at um and i try and and share that passion with as many people as i can i I just i love real estate and i love my family and i love my community and i love doing charity and that's
0: what i'm all about awesome awesome so share with us a little bit about what it is that you do
1: Sure, I'm a commercial real estate broker for CBRE. I'm a senior vice president in the South Florida area. Um, I have a partner, Tom O'Loughlin, who's phenomenal. And another partner, Larry Dinner, who's great. And a bunch of guys and girls who work on my team that are all amazing. Jake, Lana, Jaquan, Michael, um, and, and a bunch of other really, really talented people. So we oversee a portfolio of about 13 and a half million square feet. Uh, wow. Partially for sale and partially for lease. Um, mostly industrial, and we are really, really active. Last year, we closed 185 transactions. Wow. Um, yeah, for over $350 million in total consideration, uh, we are ranked in the top 10% of producers for CBRE nationally. Um, and yeah, we're rocking. We're having a great time.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. So, you know, based on what I've seen, you've had a really long road and a pretty illustrious career. What advice would you give to others who are trying to break into the industry?
1: It's a really, really good one. Um, I think everyone has their own unique path that they have to follow, right? There's twists and turns and no one ever goes direct. If anyone out there wants to reach out to me and have uh, an in-depth conversation about why something is happening or isn't happening to them and if they think I could add some value, I'd be delighted to speak to you. You can reach out to me directly. But generally, um, when someone comes to me with that question and I get it asked it a lot, I'll ask them a lot of questions. You know, um, how many hours are you putting in? You know, do you have a team? Are you, uh, you know, like a single shingle or a one-off? Do you have infrastructure? Um, are you cold calling? And I ask a lot of those probing questions and generally a path will reveal itself. So, I mean, for me, it's all about cold calling, the hustle, door knocking, creating long-standing relationships. Um, those, are, those are the really important key things to hit.
0: Yeah, that's all really great advice and really appreciate you offering yourself and making yourself available to our viewers. So, Larry, if somebody wants to get in touch with you directly, what's the best way to do so?
1: Um, LinkedIn. um, Honestly, you Google me. I'm like plastered all over Google. So you could just Google Larry Janae. I'll come right up and there's like a million different ways you can get in touch with me. It's pretty easy.
0: Awesome. So you mentioned uh, having a team. And I think that that's so incredible. It's so important. Um, you know, you guys have been very successful. That's a, a huge volume, you know, as a broker myself, hearing those numbers, you're doing, you're definitely doing something right. There's no question about that. So tell us a little bit about why you chose to scale and build a team and more importantly, how you did it.
1: Yeah, that's an awesome question. I, so I didn't know I like to scale when I was getting into real estate, right? I was born into more or less a real estate family. My dad was in real estate. My grandmother was in real estate. My grandfather was in real estate. My, my uncles are in real estate. My cousins are in real estate. So it was like a foregone conclusion for me. <laughs> um, but as I got into it, and I started doing deals and understanding how the market's getting, what makes everything tick. I, I, I started to quickly realize that I had my own limitations and I had things that I love to do and I had things that I hated to do. And I was really, really good at things I loved. So from a young age, I knew that I needed people around me that were really talented and loved to do the things that I hate. I also went to a program called Strategic Coach, which is based in Toronto and and Chicago. And if anyone out there is looking to get to the next level, that's the place where you do it. Just Google Strategic Coach, Dan Sullivan. They're phenomenal. And I learned that there's a better way to do just about everything. And, and I learned that I really love to scale teams and build infrastructure around teams and help people be successful at what they are really good at, which strategic coach calls your unique ability. So um, I started hiring people that love to do what I hate, and it just went from there.
0: That's awesome. So if you could boil it down very simply, what would you say are the three most important ingredients to building that successful team?
1: So the three most important ingredients are brokers, brokers are brokers think they're entrepreneurial. And this is not meant to be an insult. They think they're entrepreneurial, but they're risk adverse. They don't invest in their own team. And the ones that and their own business and the ones that are super stressful uh, that I speak to spend a lot of money and take a lot of risk on things that a lot of brokers don't think that they need. And my belief and i'm not sure if i'm right or wrong or whatever everyone's got their own way of doing things my belief is the three things are take a lot of risk invest in yourself and your team it doesn't matter if there's no roi like that's such a fake thing when you're starting from the ground up there's never roi you've got to start building and investing um and then the third thing is really really uh long hours and just putting in the work um and, and along with that is hiring the wrong people to figure out who the right people are. And that's okay. It's okay to fail. It's part of learning. And I think people need to really embrace that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You're 100% right. There, there is no substitute for hard work. And it is so important to you know make the right decisions and when you make the wrong decisions to learn from them so that you can build something that is strong and sustainable and has the same values that you have and yeah i couldn't agree more i mean investing in yourself and investing in your own business it's crucial uh, you know i happen to look at things from an roi perspective but you're right when you're starting mm-hmm. off it's impossible to gauge your right now roi i think that people have to be very forward thinking and see you know this investment right now while i might not see a return from it today tomorrow this year What's it going to do for me in five years? How am I going to be different in five years or 10 years by making that investment? I think it's really important. Um, another thing I wanted to yeah. ask you, Larry, is you know, I, I've seen you guys put up some really impressive numbers, both pre-COVID and then during this last year uh, you know, in, this, in this, uh, pa- this worldwide pandemic. You know, how did you maintain your presence and what led you to continue to be successful for both yourself and for your clients during these difficult times?
1: Yeah, so there's a couple of, that's true. We actually, we had a record year last year, uh, which on paper we shouldn't have. It should have been a total (laughs) disaster. But we had a record year last year. And and I don't think that had to do with the fact that we're in industrial because it was very quiet uh, from like March on until pretty much the end of the year. And even the end of the year, it was very quiet. The reason um, we were able to sustain and and have such a great year is because we planned for a recession uh, two or three years ago. And we felt like the market was getting frothy. Of course, we had no idea it would be COVID. We thought it would be a financial or, you know, uh, a financial shakeup. But we knew things were churning and we're a 10-year cycle market down here. So we knew something was happening. So we we decided to scale our portfolio and hire people around that. And uh, it worked really well. So... We, we built a very large portfolio a couple years ago. It was only 6 million feet. So we scaled a lot really fast and we took on tons and tons of listings and we, and we added really smart, talented people to sit on top of those listings and make sure they're well taken care of. Um, not, not thinking we could just do it ourselves because that would be impossible. So that's one of the reasons we were really successful in, uh, in COVID. And we actually ended up being the top one and two producers in South Florida for CBRE Uh, Last year, which is the first time that's ever happened Uh, and might be the last because now capital markets is ramping back up and those guys are going to crush us. But (laughs) that's that's really the reason we we were able to do very well. We scaled a a bigger portfolio uh, anticipating a recession.
0: Awesome. Well, hey, congratulations! Those are some, you know, additional really big accomplishments. So I want to kind of veer off a little bit into your specialty because I'm thinking about it as we're doing this uh, this episode here, and in 50 plus episodes, I don't think we've had a single industrial expert. And and I'm really, you know, I'm a, a commercial broker myself. Um, you know, run the gamut of, of retail, industrial. Um, you know, but, but in the triple net space, and I want to really pick your brain, Larry. Tell us a little bit about where we're at right now. Um, you know, in the industrial market and where things are headed.
1: Yeah, it's still the early innings. We have a long way to go with regards to e-commerce potential, reshoring, depending on what happens with the China uh, relationship, uh, manufacturing so just e-commerce alone it, we're just getting started i mean such a small percentage of all retail sales are online i think it was 15% and then it jumped to 20 21% during covid if you look at other economies like china there are much larger percentages um, so you know it's it's early um, everyone's favorite e-commerce company is is growing like crazy and they're mm-hmm. taking just gobs of space nationally, uh, millions of square feet in every major market. And they have shown no signs of slowing down. Um, And as more online grocery um, starts happening and people that move to, you know, Instacart and Grubhub and the like uh, that weren't on it before are not going to be leaving anytime soon. I haven't been to a grocery store in three years. So I was like way ahead of this COVID trend because I just, I respect my time too much and I don't care how bad my tomatoes are. Uh, So, you know, I'm a huge fan. It's growing every day. The cooler freezer market is growing every day down here uh, for for grocery delivery. And the e-commerce industry is just starting. So I think it's early.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Larry. I think that the industrial space in general is is you know in its infancy, really, in terms of where we'll see it go. Cold storage is huge. I agree that you know with e commerce proliferation and and really the the change in in e commerce delivery model, right? People are used to getting things in two days. Well, fast forward a little bit, and people are going to want things in two hours, and that just pushes the the you know things down that supply chain and and creates more and more need for for uh, you know warehouse space. In uh, in you know the whole broader picture. So I, I you know I couldn't agree more that that really it's an exciting time for those who are in that space. Now for those who aren't yet in that space, Larry, let's say an investor or even a broker, how would you recommend pivoting from being in the traditional maybe retail triple net space uh, to moving some investments into into uh, in the industrial space? And what kind of uh, things should that person keep in mind?
1: Yeah, I'm seeing that a lot. Allocations have dramatically shifted. Yeah. Um, both for the one-off, you know, small private investor, uh, all the way up to the big funds and institutions, allocations have been have been, I would say, dramatically shifted to industrial and multifamily for obvious reasons. Um, you know, you got to start reaching out to brokers. Uh, you got to get on the on the platforms, the internet platforms that uh, are it's your intermediary to market this stuff. Uh, you know, the co stars, the Loopnets, Nets, the Crexies, uh the RCMs, um, and just start getting familiar with it. Start reaching out, trying to make relationships with brokers. It's not going to happen right away. Everyone has tons and tons of buyers. So it's hard to be competitive on that side of things. Um, but I'm meeting new private equity uh, guys and gals every day down here. It seems like the entire world has descended on South Florida, <laughs> you know, Atlanta and, uh, parts of Texas. So, sure. you know, I don't see that changing anytime soon and you just got to get in there and start making offers on things. And I actually send a lot of unsolicited offers for clients. Uh, so if they see a building they like, they'll ask me to do the background and do the research and we'll send an unsolicited non-binding LOI oh, to them just out of the blue. We do that a lot for, for clients. And it's one of the ways we shake a lot of things loose. So there's, there's a ton to just try and get involved. And it doesn't have to be a, you know, a broker deal. It could be an off-market deal. And if you don't know the market, bring in someone who does and, you know, make it happen.
0: Sure. Are there any additional considerations that an investor who is familiar with the you know, maybe the traditional quick service restaurant or grocery or pharmacy, and they're saying, well, hey, I, I noticed these trends. I want to take advantage. Are there any considerations that they should have or anything they should keep in mind when they're making that transition?
1: cap rates are compressing things are getting more expensive every day i would not wait if it's something you want to do build the team around it and do it um we have a lot of legs uh in this market specifically for industrial and the the combination of the growth of just the organic industry that supports the real estate Uh, and the economy of industrial estate, coupled with the um, increased allocations from everyone across the world, is gonna create a really intense market and it's gonna continue to go uh, gangbusters for a while.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more, That's, uh, that's some great insight. So listen, Larry, you've provided some incredible value and I know that you've experienced a lot, you've grown a lot, you've done a lot of things in your career. If you could go back in time, knowing everything that you know now, what advice would you give yourself, and what would you do differently? Um, I,
1: you know, I I don't I, I make a point to not live with any regrets, and you just make the best decisions you can at the moment, and you, you try to never look back because it's in the past. So what's the point? Um, I, I wouldn't change anything. I'm really grateful for the life I've had. You know, I started out in property management. I was an assistant property manager. I was buffing floors and unclogging toilets in Section 8 housing in Liberty City and, uh, and Brownsville and uh, Lemon City. And so I started really from the bottom up swinging hammers and worked my way up to leasing and then um, started a marketing firm and then opened my own brokerage, which was just total disaster. I, I lost <laughs> money. It never, it never made sense. It never worked. I could never do it on my own. So, yeah, it wasn't until I joined CV, really, that things started to take off. And I credit that to my team and, and Tom O'Loughlin and, and Larry Dinner and my partners, who I'm so grateful for. Um, so I wouldn't change a single thing.
0: Awesome. That's a great way to live. I appreciate that. So, Larry, we've got about a minute left. Any parting words or or, or pieces of advice you'd like to close with?
1: Yeah, I mean, to to any brokers that are out there that are watching, invest in yourself. Don't be afraid. It doesn't matter what you've done for the past five years, 20 years, or 30 years. It, it, all that's irrelevant. Like I said, it's in the past. So look at scaling. Look at building. And if you can't do that, find someone who can and take your, your foundation that you've built and turn it into something really scalable and really cool. I would love to see more brokers run their companies more like an investment bank. I think that's the future of talented brokerage teams and firms, and things are shifting with technology. um, And that's something I would definitely look at.
0: Love it. Well, hey, Larry, thank you so much. This has been another great episode of Dan on Top. Really appreciate you taking the time, Larry, to be here with us and providing some tremendous value to our viewers. You're the man. All right. I'm Dan Lukowicz, your host. This has been another great episode of Dan on Top. We'll see you soon.